Greetings, world of podcast listeners, or if we're the only podcast you listen to, we're honored. Welcome to the new episode of Dakota Boys Talk Movies, where we're going to be going back a few months to discuss uh, a movie that came out, uh, what, mid-May, I believe? Yes, mid-May. And uh, and just, we decided to go a little different on this. We're going to talk about Alien Covenant, which you went, an alien movie came out, because you've probably already forgotten, which... It's kind of a shame. <laughs> and so what we're gonna what we're gonna do on this episode is kind of talk about this movie from the aspect of what went wrong. This it has the the alien world is a world that has pretty pretty decent source material. Uh it, it's got it's got a pretty good world to build upon and, and James Cameron did it pretty successfully with the sequel to Alien where he goes you know, he just kinda took the idea and pulled into this realm of having space military and, and kind of a bigger story and things like that. And we've seen different aspects of that since up until the most recent one, Alien Covenant, which is supposed to be um, a sequel but not a sequel to Prometheus, which came out in 2012. And why I say sequel but not a sequel is that it is a sequel <laughs> to Prometheus, but it pretended not to be, which was a bad idea. I would say that would be the first place this movie went wrong, Dakota, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Because they tricked they tricked their 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 loyals, their loyal audience. Because their loyal audience went, We're still on board with you, just don't do the Prometheus thing again. And they're like, Okay, we're not gonna do the Prometheus thing again. And they changed the name, they tweak the script and then you go to it and it still was basically a sequel to Prometheus. So what was up with that? I think (laughs) the problem is to be quite honest, the problem was that they never ever to quote you had their poop in a group when it came to Prometheus. (laughs) Well, Damon Lindelof is kind of one of these guys who I don't think thinks things through. He kind of just, oh, you know what I've always wanted to do? He takes these high-minded concepts that he he has. He has no business touching? Yeah, because he never <laughs> follows through on them. Oh, right. And he'll just inject them into his story and just leave it like that. And I think Ridley Scott, who he's, he was interviewed so much, in the last like year and a half, has yeah. wanted to do a set of prequel Alien movies to answer these questions that weren't really answered in the original. And unbeknownst to him, I don't think he's aware that very few people have these questions. Because, <laughs> I mean, sure, they find the alien spacecraft. They find the body of the uh, the guy dubbed Space Jockey. They find the alien eggs. Uh, years later, they find out that there was a queen in the ship. And everyone kind of just takes that. They don't like, well, where'd the ship come from? It was an alien ship, I guess. I'm assuming the space jockey was its, was the pilot? <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Han Solo of the space universe, I guess? Somebody had to fly the <laughs> ship, right? Yeah, and 
and he's always wanted to go back and explore that. And I think he just kind of had no, where are we starting? Where are we ending? What's going to, what is this going to lead into? He never like stopped himself and asked. Everyone was always on board. Everyone was gung ho to let this man tell his vision that he's been waiting how long? 30 plus years to tell? Yeah, I mean, going on 40 practically. But there, there is... <laughs> it's tricky because there is an aspect of this world where it would be fun to answer those questions. But I would go back to what you said with the poop in a group. Where it's like, if you're going to actually take the time to answer these questions, you need to go back and say, here's the questions we want to answer. Is there a way to outline this into a cohesive story? Because it feels like Prometheus just kind of starts and it kind of ends. And I would say this movie is similar. It just kind of starts and it just kind of ends. And you don't really know how it fits into anything. Yeah. I mean, certain things are brought up, but you get to the end of Prometheus, you get to the end of Alien Covenant, and maybe like three quarters of a question is answered. You can't even really say a full question is answered, because they got to leave something hanging for the next movie, but then the next movie tries to answer a different question and doesn't totally do that. Yeah, no movie though. It's like it, Prometheus and this one. Just raise more questions. Well, i that's what they ended up <laughs> yeah. doing. I don't think you can. We're going to review War for the Planet of the Apes. And I feel like that trilogy, the people who started that trilogy went, it would be fun to make movies that led up to the Charlton Heston movie. You know, and it won't be, they won't be like perfect prequels, but they'll be, they'll channel that that universe and they did <laughs> you know they were yeah. able to do that and because they found the right things to work with whereas it just feels like with these movies they're just like they're jumping in and they're jumping out and you don't even hardly know what exactly you just saw <laughs> as far as what mattered and what didn't and then you kind of go did any of it matter, and do I care? Uh, I, I am now in a place where I don't care anymore about ever seeing another movie with Alien in the title. <laughs> yeah, um, I think the problem here is Ridley Scott is the brainchild behind this whole slew of new movies that's coming out, and... I think somebody has to take the reins off the hands. I mean, let him obviously make the movie, uh, direct it. And if he still tries to meddle with it, just push it back to executive producer because he is, he has these high minded concepts and he has no idea how to flush them out. He's just throwing, you know, bits and pieces out there and like, Oh, I'll, I'll tie it together in the next movie folks. And, are they tied together? No, because we get new characters, new situations. Uh, the movie's named after whatever ship they're, the <laughs> yeah. people are flying on. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, which is apparently what you should do these days. You just... Because <laughs> TV shows have been doing that in the Star Trek world, too. Star Trek Enterprise, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. They just throw the ship name, Deep Space Nine, uh, Voyager. You just throw the ship in the title. You're good to go. Yeah, it's it's a little ridiculous. Um, I feel like there's no cohesion here. And... Yeah, I just I don't understand like where where is this going? Yeah, and and and, and so the the what went wrong here? Your opinion is number one. Ridley Scott is being said no to. Yes, and so he's just he's just running, running full speed, and not sure exactly. You know, you you have a point there because this has this has come up in the past with other directors that end up getting this legend status, and then at a point in their career when when it's like they have all the power and they should be making their best work is usually sometimes when they make their most middling to ineffective work, and it makes you realize that maybe having people. Um, holding you back ends up making your work better? Because if you think about Spielberg, <laughs> he made some of his best work when he had the least resources and the least support on his side. Yeah. Or his most lauded work that has stood the test of time. Whereas sometimes their passion project movies, I mean... Obviously, there 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 is an exception with Spielberg and be Schindler's List. That would be a passion yeah. movie. But he's made some other passion movies. I'm looking at you, War of the Worlds, because he's wanted he he bought that script and had one had wanted to make it for years, and he finally did. And everyone was so excited that he was going to make War of the Worlds the sci-fi one of the, a sci-fi master, and it was a mess. Yeah. Where and so, it does make you wonder if. Maybe having a little weight on on the back of your coat, like somebody holding you, <laughs> isn't necessarily always a bad thing. Yeah, it seems it seems kind of like he has no oversight. Like these executives are just giving him this money, like, all right, go make your movie. Which is interesting. This is another place where it only would happen to a legend too, because yeah, after Prometheus, who would give him money? I well, I guess he made The Martian in between, which probably helped a little bit because that made its money back. You know, three times over, probably. Yeah. But uh, it still begs the question, why did they give him money? Oh, I, I'm i not sure. I think, I think it has something to do with the fact that all these movie studios kind of, kind of want these franchises that they could just kind of keep rolling out every few years. Like, oh, here's the first take. Uh, from this universe that you people all love, rather than trying to do anything independent. That's true. I I that's true because if you think about it, so many, so many of the biggest movies come from something that's familiar because they want if people know it, they're gonna go and they know they can for sure make their money back. Because it's going to have a certain word in the title that's going to draw people to go. 
Whereas something with the name Valerian, <laughs> it's going to be harder to draw someone in to something new. Um, there's been a few times in the past where that's worked out for people like the Matrix. Nobody knew what the heck that was. It was an original idea. But you could argue they didn't get the bloated budget till the sequel, which yeah. was kind of a mess. Yes, very much. And so. so maybe that isn't an exception, so it's hard to say. But yeah, it is It is an interesting dilemma you come to because it's like sometimes the movies that we wish got more money would never make that money back, so they're not going to give the money to it. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it it is an interesting thing. But with this movie, I would say, where did the money go? With Alien Covenant, where did the money go? Great special effects. It had pretty good <laughs> special effects, but I wouldn't say this movie was also special effects heavy. Yeah, I think a part of it, too, is they aren't... The talent isn't there. Like, this cast for this movie was... Yeah, it's some big names, recognizable names, but at the same time, it's like... Are any of these people... In this movie, really good enough to hold your attention? Michael Fassbender. <laughs> yeah. But not so much in this movie. Yeah. Is he is he enough to save it, though? And yeah. the answer is going to be no. No, no. Well, we found out yeah, that I he mean... isn't. Uh, and what's interesting about him is three years ago, Three years ago, maybe only half of America knew who Michael Fassbender was. You know, and then three years before that, nobody really knew who he was. It is interesting how uh, that quickly he did become a guy that you try to rely on for a movie like this. Because who's next in your cast after him? Catherine Waterston, who, I'm sorry, is not a Sigourney Weaver I felt like they were trying to make her the new Sigourney Weaver, and she is everything but <laughs> Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver had the ability to play feminine and still be strong, whereas I don't know what Katherine Waterston was doing. I think she was breathing. She just She's lifeless. And I said the same thing about Fantastic Beasts. She was lifeless. Who keeps giving her roles? Is it nepotism? Because her dad is a was a big actor who's, I mean, he's still um, known and in things. But, you know, it's like, what what is going on here? I don't know. I just, it's just, I don't. I think the, 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 the what went wrong with Alien Covenant is all of it. They shouldn't, it just, yeah. it just was, there wasn't an idea, there wasn't a good enough idea to warrant it. And then what they did do was very, very confusing because I, I'm just going to, we're just going to spoil it. So in the first, in, in Prometheus, they set up that there's these giant alien guys that are called engineers. That's what they get dubbed. And they basically kill themselves to create life on planets. Well, in this one, when they come up again, we have Michael Fassbender's David from the first movie is found by himself on this planet. 
and you know they you're realizing there's something off about him blah 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 he's the villain <laughs> and he, no segue into it yeah huh? blah 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 he is taking these engineers harvesting them to create a new life form he's basically now the first five minutes of this movie is is a spot-on awesome short film that I thought that I think really dives into the idea of um, when creation looks at their creator and has a self-awareness about who they are and then kind of looking at ideas about God and things like that. And then what happens in this movie is you have David basically saying, I don't want to be a creation anymore. I want to be God. So this concept is a cool concept, but it was in the wrong movie. Yeah. Because what they did with that concept is had David create the xenomorph as we know it by harvesting these engineers. (laughs) What? What? Is that even... What? Yeah, the... uh... Oh, man. He does it through the power of this crap that people have done, the black goo, which you saw in Prometheus. Right. Um, yeah, if you saw Prometheus, you're familiar with what Dakota means by that. It created, through a weird, weird sequence of events in Prometheus, it affected this guy who impregnated this woman who then this thing grew in her in her body like a child. This is all over the course of, I think, a day. Maybe two. <laughs> and then... And so, she, yeah, she has this baby that is closer to a xenomorph, but still not quite. And so you're kind of confused at the end of Prometheus. Yes. And apparently that thing was called, I guess, the Deacon? And Something here's the kicker. Like yeah. Here's the kicker. When in Prometheus, this one thing always blew my mind. You do hear like a screeching noise of some like some sort of animal, and there's this whole backstory on Prometheus they never explored. Probably never gonna find out what in God's name happened <laughs> on this planet, not ever. Because really, Scott's like, no, nobody wants to know that. They I, wanna... I actually forgot that even happened. <laughs> no, but you do hear. It was Matt Damon. <laughs> You do hear a deacon in the background, so it implies that there's already these things. And it's like, well, wait a minute. If this is what it takes for one of these things to be created, did the same thing happen before? Yeah, these- it's, and that, that's where it all gets very confusing. When you start tying these things together, they're puzzle pieces that aren't from the same puzzle. Yeah. But they're meant to be. And then <laughs> I, know, I know one of the one of the ideas they left on the table, but they keep talking about, and I don't know why was this idea that Jesus was an engineer who was sent down to tell people, okay, you guys got to stop the killing and the bloodlust and the, all the war. Y'all just need to chill out. And then they killed him. And apparently that's why the engineers were going to come to earth and kill us. Cause we killed one of them. <laughs> They're going to wipe us out. Yeah, this... I'm trying to remember. Because who, who told this story? in the? Because wasn't it? Because how did they find this out? Was it David? Yes, he finds out that the ship was headed to Earth with this black goo to wipe us out. Yeah, because that whole thing was, I was like, yeah, I just thought that was Because w- what's happening here is he's trying to 
they're trying to create this world where we're understanding where life came from. And so I think they're like, well, if we're going to have this idea where life came from and tie in actual human beings from the actual Earth, we better fit in uh, the Christianity and people that believe in God into this. So we'll throw in that Jesus was an engineer or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's very weird. They he const- but he looked like a Jewish. It was a Jewish <laughs> looking engineer. Apparently, it was the shortest, darkest, <laughs> hairiest engineer that ever walked. <laughs> they sent down to humans, uh, like get these guys under control. I don't know. Yeah. Tell them. Some and then stuff. it's confusing because it's like, was he born of Mary or did he burst out of her? It's <laughs> like, well, if we were created by these engineers. <laughs> Who created the Predators? Because they're in the same universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it depends on. I don't know because it's it's like where ha- where is the line drawn for what's been like Days of Future Past out of this? <laughs> I know Fox Fox, uh, which owns both of these uh, franchises, is still one hundred percent. Yes, they do exist in the same universe. What if? What if? They get back to Earth at some point, or is left, and it's a planet of apes because that is also 20th Century Fox. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, it's it's insane. They had Ridley Scott. I I think, wow, man, I don't know what you're on, buddy. But uh, sometimes I wonder. It's like, did losing his brother just kind of send him off the deep end? I think it brought up questions of what happens beyond. And it then, does make you wonder. Because soon after Tony's Tony's death by suicide, it seems like Ridley started to get more deeper into these types of ideas and, and what. Because he, I mean, he had always dabbled in this, but now it feels like it's like a mission. And being that he tries to treat his filmmaking like he's an auteur, an artist in the truest sense is always using their art form to attempt to explain things or as like a a therapeutic method of understanding their questions. So it does make you wonder what the heck is going on in his mind. Yeah, exactly. It would, it would just be interesting if, if, if he, if you were a close friend and he opened up to you, (laughs) I would, I think I'd be too honored to like talk. I'd be like, Alien was amazing. <laughs> and he would just walk away just like, I give up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would probably ask him, how can you go from Gladiator to Kingdom of Heaven and Exodus Gods and Kings and then Prometheus? But <laughs> uh, yeah, interesting. It, 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 and that's the thing. Interesting concepts, bad execution. Yeah. I th- and Bad execution. The crappy thing about this is there's actually been a couple casualties to his films. Neil Blomkamp's Alien movie, which was going to be a... He was going to do essentially what they tried to do with Superman Returns and ignore the last couple movies. And he had Sigourney on board. Yeah, and he was going to make a direct sequel to Aliens. And it was going to be essentially Aliens... But with more aliens, more colonial marines, uh, apparently it was going to involve a futuristic city, uh, all these big ideas, which he probably would have executed 
very ingeniously. I love Neil Blomkamp's work. It would have been interesting to see. It might have also been an, ended up being poorly, <laughs> but it would have been, it would have been probably a lot more interesting than I think what we just saw this past May. Yeah, um, just because he's another one where he can bring up a lot of big ideas, but it seems like Blomkamp. I guess I didn't see Chappie. It didn't really interest me, but I know in terms of District 9 and Elysium or whatever, it's like, I felt for the most part they were handled pretty well. I don't know. Did You you saw Chappie, right? I don't know where that lands on your... Oh, man. There was... There was a, it was interesting. It was very interesting. I'll give it that. So, well, I know that was kind of dealing ideas with what it means to be human, right? Yeah, it's kind of... Uh... To be fair, it's kind of a bunch of movies all mashed into one with his own unique spin on everything. Sure. And then the guys from the couple from Die Antwood. Yes. I think get way more screen time than they probably deserve. <laughs> yeah. So he I mean he his ideas are at least executed interesting. Like I thought District 9 was a very very interesting way of just the classic way sci-fi can be used to talk about political and social ideas through the lens of of uh of a completely fantastical world. Yeah. And then on something In Elysium also was interesting too. And then I found this out shortly after um Alien Covenant kind of came out and imploded and then went. Uh apparently the people <laughs> responsible for Alien Requiem I thought you were gonna say Alien Rectum like I'm sorry, uh <laughs> Alien vs Predator Requiem. Oh yeah, okay. The really uh, dark movie, like, yeah. like, like, actually dark. You couldn't see anything. Yeah, they had an idea for another movie. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, the it was... worst one ever made had an idea for another one. Yeah, their ideas though they had concept concept art came up for it, and it looked really interesting. It was going to take place, um, sometime before Alien. And it would have been set in the future when humanity was out exploring ships. And it would have been apparently when humans happened upon a predator planet, like their home planet or just a colony. Okay. And they didn't get so far um, past the concept work. And apparently they wrote a a draft, like a 60, 70 page draft of what would happen. But apparently it was, it was going to be... Kind of what Bill, Bill uh, Neil Blomkamp was trying to do with just big sci-fi huh. set in this universe. And it sounds like, it's honestly sounded like something I would probably get behind. Like if I saw like a trailer for it, I'd be like, cool, can't wait to see that. But this is around the time when uh, Ridley Scott was kind of talking about, oh, well, I want to do a sequel or a prequel to Alien. Well, obviously, Ridley Scott is going to kind of trump these two schmoes. Yeah. The originator. Yeah. So apparently all the concept work, it's online. I mean, uh, much like Neil Blomkamp says, you could find it if you really look. But hmm. yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I knew about the Blomkamp thing, but I did not know about that one. That's interesting. So yeah. when would that have taken place as far as like time? In actual time? Well, or? like what year was that movie supposed to take place in? Um, I believe it would have been set before Alien. 
but still with Waylon Utani out there. Okay. The Colonial Marines. Okay. So it would have been almost in the Covenant time period? Yeah, sometime around that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Or at least a few years before. Sure. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, crazy stuff. And that, and this is what we're talking about. I mean, this just shows that there is a mythos here that people want to play, want to play with. There is this sandbox here that people yeah. want to get into. But now what you're starting to wonder is, should we be? I don't know. It's hard to know if we sh- if this maybe the sandbox should be left alone. Maybe the the few sand castles we have that are good should be just left alone. Yeah, and just uh, just stop playing with the sand. <laughs> Because it just seems like when people have these ideas or even where something seems to you, – you see that there is something good in there and it still can't be – I don't know. It's just tough. But I, that being said, I, I can – I would never tell anyone to see Alien Covenant. <laughs> wow. All right. I mean, even if you're interested in sci-fi, I don't think it's really that great of a sci-fi movie to watch. There's nothing really – uh, advanced in it that goes, oh, you know, it's not the best movie, but it's worth seeing it for fill in the blank here. I can't think of anything in it that was that, like, new or fresh that made it worth that moment or, or that idea. And so, nope. <laughs> I, I, If you want to see uh, – example of that i mean i just go back and watch alien or aliens yeah and just see what those guys were able to do in 1979 and 86 it is it is a little disheartening that the last good movie in this franchise was 30 years over 30 years ago (laughs) it is a little bit yeah yeah that's i mean and that's where maybe you go leave the sandbox alone yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to just maybe just let people forget about Covenant, Prometheus, and how just make another Alien movie but set it in in that time frame after Ripley. Just, you know. Kind of a soft reboot. Yeah. <laughs> but that needs to be somewhere down the road. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that being said, I think we're going to bring this one to a close. Just want to throw this out there. It's a movie that was kind of on our minds when we had talked about, so we thought we would just kind of do it in this respect. Um, I guess you could let us know if you like uh, a show with this type of feel to it where we talk about it from this angle. A uh, place you could tell us if you like this this angle on the show would be uh, in the comments on YouTube, I guess, if you're listening to us on YouTube. Or on our Facebook page, Dakota Boys Talk Movies Podcast on there. On Twitter, um, DBTM Podcast. You can check us out on Twitter. Um, and so, yeah, we're in those places. You know, subscribe to us on iTunes, of course. Uh, and uh, we'd really appreciate um, support in those ways. And to uh, just uh, let us know different things about how you like the show, ideas for future things we could do. Uh, things you, maybe you saw Alien Covenant, something you would like to add in. Uh, we're up for any of that. So go ahead and let us know. We love hearing what you have to say. We love talking about movies. That's why the show is called what it is. So let us know. But we'll bring this one to a close. Thank you for listening. This is Steven. This is Dakota. Take it easy. Take it easy.